We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. When we think of the top of the football operation in New England, we think about Bill Belichick. Uh, How much have you liked working for him? Uh, it's been a blessing. You know, he's one of the best. No, let me scratch that. He is the best, <laughs> best coach, you know, in football. Um, and he he's a great guy to work with, you know, to come in under, to learn from, from a young guy, to grow up under. Um, you know, you learn so much about football, the history of the game. Um, and it's just also life. You know, he always brings in the element, you know, of, of life, life perspective. That is free agent-to-be Jonathan Jones on last night with Phil Perry. Early edition, NBC Sports Boston. Discussing Bill Belichick, the best in the NFL. Which I would question. And I question how much longer Bill will or should do it for. Meaning be a head coach here in New England. It's hour number two, Jones and Mego with Arkan. Here on WEEI, we'll get to your phone call, 617-779-7937. By the way, don't forget, you can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Save WEEI as a favorite and listen wherever you go. And we've discussed a couple of things with Belichick already. Number one, how much has he evolved from his scouting during his Cleveland days, which came out on social media a few days ago, and Phil Perry wrote about last night. It got me thinking about the evolution or lack thereof from Bill Belichick at the quarterback position. And we get texts like this at 37937. Jones, he signed Cam Newton, who doesn't fit any of what you said. Wasn't much, much of a risk there. He signed him on June 28th, 2020. Like it was like an afterthought when they panicked on Jarrett Stidham or they were waiting for something else to happen that never happened. It was like an afterthought. They ain't never seen this Cam. So that wasn't... That they wasn't, hadn't. They hadn't. They definitely had. Nobody lying. Had. That's true. Nobody wanted to see it again. So, like, look, I, Cam, prime Cam Newton I loved. Like, prime Cam Newton is the exact kind of quarterback I would love yeah, the Patriots to have. Fun. Not the end of career Cam Newton. No, that was not fun. They signed him on almost the 4th of July. So, like, so not fun. So, that's just, again, that's just filling in gaps. That's like panicking and trying to do something late. That wasn't their plan. And if that was their plan, they should have done it a hell of a lot sooner. So, I, I don't think that's a good example personally. We've also been discussing the viability of this report from Chris Curtis this morning on the Greg Hill Show, I I think it's plausible that Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien had some sort of agreement in place, winking a nod like, hey, when you're done at Alabama this year and your contract's up, we're not bringing back Patricia and Judge. So you want to come here and call plays? Yeah, Bill, I'm interested in doing that. Like, that sort of thing I think is completely plausible and more than interested. Like, yeah, I'll do that for you. And they did it behind Saban's back. Like, I I believe all of that. Good morning, guys. You're... You do? Yes, I believe that that's completely plausible. Like, you don't think that 
I'm not saying it's not plausible. I'm just saying you believe that that's what was happening. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I have no idea what's happening. I have no mm-hmm. clue. And I, I'm telling you, hand to God, I have no idea. But, like, do I think that Bill Belichick, when things weren't going right, said, I got to get this right for next year? And he reached out to a former buddy, colleague, whatever Bill O'Brien is? Yeah. So there's a difference between reaching out and hiring, right? Yeah, so hiring, I, I, hiring probably isn't the right word. That means he's on your payroll. Uh, yeah. But do you think... There could have been a wink and a nod agreement in place in, in November or December. Like, I no, do. I don't think so. I don't think in definitely. I mean, I wouldn't say definitely. I, this source may be right. I would be surprised if it was in November. And I would be surprised if there was contact before December. Okay. Well, again. And I'm talking about con- like contact in terms of general. Hey, not how even you reaching been? Out. How's the fam? I, I, that would not surprise me. But again, I'm telling you I don't know. I'm just saying that would make sense to me. That a former boss I'm would not reach out it's to. Not, it's not true. I'm just saying I would be surprised. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, we'll get Tom Curran's sense on this coming up. He joins us uh, each and every week at three thirty on Thursdays. Uh, One so other. We'll talk quick to thing Tom about it. Uh, obviously, we know or we've heard that Bill O'Brien wanted to be in New England. He wanted to be closer to the family in New England. But if he was going to agree to be an offensive coordinator all the way back then, wouldn't that close a lot of doors? If he was had any sights Looking on being a head coaching, a head coaching job. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to you're gonna commit all the way back then to just be a coordinator? Like, that seems a little weird. Well, than... I mean, look, the, the timeline, and remember, they announced Bill O'Brien. It felt like it took a while to announce it, but it was pretty quick after the season. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was getting feelers through back channels that he wasn't really going to be in the mix for some of those head coaching jobs. Like, like was there back channel communication? Probably. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. The two, like I said before, the two have a history hiring or even a verbal agreement in November, early December would be pretty, pretty shocking. Yeah. I mean, Bill's brought people back before the season's been over before he did it with McDaniels. I I don't think it's, it's crazy to think he wouldn't do that with Bill O'Brien. I have no idea, but I don't think that's crazy. Um, I was looking at the news yesterday. Arkan said this in a, in a headline and it, it, I don't want to say it shocked me because I saw Bayheim had had a weird back and forth with the media in Syracuse earlier in the day. But Jim Beheim is out in Syracuse. Dunn is the head coach. He's been there forever. Like, I don't even know how many years. And 47 years. Thank you. So he's been there forever. He's 78 years old. He's older than Bill. But I was thinking about this last night. I'm like, man, that is a, it's a bit of a cautionary tale of a coach hanging on too long, isn't it? And there's a lot of these in the NFL. I mean, Shula may have been one. Bill brought up Marv Levy specifically, although Levy was a lot better at the end than Bill gives him credit for. He made the playoffs twice in his last three years coaching, all those years being in his 70s. Like, I don't think Levy was as bad as Bill was making him out to be. I mean, I'll, I'll be like Marv Levy and coaching when I'm in my 70s. You don't have to worry about that. I, I, Bill would pray to be as successful in his 70s as Marv Levy was. Bayheim's more like like Paterno, you know? So Bayheim yeah. again, I was surprised he was 78. Like, I knew he was up there. I was surprised he was 78. But... Bayheim, you can go back and look at it. Really, since turning 70, he did make a Final Four in 2016. But he was weird. Uh, cheating scandal. He was ineligible for a postseason. Does that sound familiar? Patriots fans, he went to an NIT. He was eliminated in a first round. He missed the tournament each of the last two years. Uh, and he had two Sweet 16s mixed in there. Over that chunk of time, he was never better than sixth in the ACC over the last nine years, and he was 56 and 56 in the ACC. Like, mediocre as can be. Basically, since turning 70, he did have the one Final Four run in there where they got hot in a tournament. Never higher than six in the ACC, a 500 record over nine years. I don't want that to be Bill. 
meaning two things. I don't want Bill to be a 500 middling coach, and I don't want to have the Patriots stick with that because what? Because he was successful and won a championship years ago? And Bill, Bill won more than one, but like, how long are you going to let him hold, hold on for if that's what he's doing? Bill's already been 500 for three years. Mm-hmm. Like, since Brady left, they're 500. That's what they are. So, how much longer is Bill going to get to do that for? Until he passes Shula? I, I don't want that. I don't want it to be Jim Beheim hanging on at the end, missing NCAA tournaments and going 500 every year. 16 and 17 one year, 17 and 15 this year. No better than sixth in the ACC. I don't want that. And he ruined the Big East. And that kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like where we're heading with Bill, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That kind of sounds like where we're heading. It does. It's going to take a few more years of this, I think, before you get to like a Bayheim status or something like that. But this is the track that we're on right now. And Bill's not going to coach, I don't think, for nine, eight more years. I think that's uh, that that's ridiculous. But. If you do, if you if you want to talk about the 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 Shula record and Bill sort of hanging on to catch it, you know that's in, in football years. It's different from basketball. It's certainly different from college. But basketball, don't you agree that like. Syracuse should have pulled the plug earlier? Like looking at Bayharm, aren't you like, why didn't they do this five years ago? Yeah. Why did they Why did they wait until he was seventy eight? They should have done it a lot longer ago. And I guess that's how I'm feeling about Bill. It's like how how long are you gonna let him just keep going five hundred? If he keeps going five hundred, if they go, you know. 11 and 6 or whatever this year and they make the AFC title game, well then that's different. But if you're going 500 every year and finishing in the middle of the a- uh, AFC and the bottom of your division, why why are we going to let them keep doing that? If they go 11 and 6, they're still close to 500 over 4 years, right? They are. Yeah, so I mean if you if be... you're looking at the overall product but you're trending in the right direction. Well, they'd be what? 5 games over 500 at that point because they're 500 right now right. over the last 3 years. So I guess my question is do you feel like the damage is already done? For his, for whatever you're feeling about how he's going to end his career. I mean, if you're asking me to predict what they're going to do this year, it's going to be another 500-ish year, bottom of the division, middle of the pack AFC. I keep saying ACC. Like, that's what I think it's going to be. And if it's that, I don't I don't need to see him get the Shula record. Because I don't think the Shula record changes anything. We talked about this with LeBron getting the scoring title. Like, LeBron passing Kareem. Did that make a lot of people go, okay, now he's better than Jordan? No. I don't think anybody changed their mind on LeBron or Jordan or anything. I'm not going to change my mind on how I feel about Bill if he arbitrarily passes Shula or not. And it will be very depressing if the march, if it's the march through the Shula record with 500 seasons. If it happens yeah. over what? Well, like that's three. That's what it's been. Seasons. Yeah. That's what it's been for it's three years. It's not fun for anyone. Do you, I don't even care about like tarnishing the legacy because the championships are the Super Bowls. They're always going to be in the first. Yeah, paragraph. I'm not even talking. They're, they, they're always going to be there. It's just living through it yeah. is not fun. I'm not talking about tarnishing his legacy. I'm not even talking about that. You're talking about the program. There is that aspect of it where what have you done without Brady? There's definitely that. That's not even what I'm talking yeah. about today. It's just how long are you going to let Bill do it? And we phrased it a lot as a make or break season for Mac Jones. We all agree it's a make or break season yes. for Mac. Is it a make or break season for Bill? Well, actually, Arkan, do you? Yes. I okay. think for both okay. of them, I do. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I think for both uh, Mac Jones and Bill Belichick, so, it is. Another 500 year he's out. He should be. Missed the play. Okay, good. That's yeah. how I feel. Mego? Another 500 this season he's out. And they missed 500. They missed the playoffs. Same as same type of year as last year. They're 8-9 and nine and missed the playoffs. They're knocking on the door, but they don't make it. It's in conversation. It's in conversation. I need a yes or a no. 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 So it's not a make or break year for Bill. No, not not in my book. Okay. I, I'm just being realistic. That's fine. I'm just I'm asking you how you feel yeah. about it. I mean, what if they go 5-12? If is they there, go 5-12, that's year? gasly. 
That's bad. Okay. Yeah, that's really embarrassing. If they go seven and ten, that's really embarrassing. I think. That's what I think. Yeah, I think that they're they're on the on the cusp of. They already took a step backwards last year. We all agree with that, right? I mean, yeah, we all absolutely. know that they took it. I mean, this was so embarrassing. This you take a season. step backwards from that. Yeah. With the new offensive coordinator and everything. Yeah. I mean, when do you start? When do you start the next phase of New England Patriots football? I guess I, is the question. I, if you don't start it right then, it definitely should have been this off season. I think it could have been last off season. We talked about it then. 617-779-7937. Is it a make or break year for Bill? Yes. Yes, it is. At least Next it should question. be. And on top of that, what do you think of the Bayheim comparison? Like, that's a cautionary tale of hanging on for too long. We'll get to that. Plus, Tom Curran standing by from NBC Sports Boston. We'll get his thoughts on how much longer Bill's going to do this for, all the latest on the quarterback carousel, when the Patriots agreed with Bill O'Brien after trending with Chris. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Narcan. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Jones and Mego on WEEI. When I hear chatter, I'm thinking of <clears throat> some assistant GM or a scout nine trulies deep into his night saying, you know, what I'm hearing, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Mac Jones, he was a real dick out there this year. I wouldn't be surprised if McDaniels does something. That's chatter to me. And where would that guy have heard that? He probably heard it from us in the first place. And it got vomited onto Twitter, and it moved into the atmosphere, and it landed on that that associate general manager's feed. He read it, and then he burped it out after he got another truly. And now it's chatter. Tom Curran on the Patriots Talk podcast earlier this week. I agree. I think it was Jones and Mego with Arcan that got this on all the executives' radars. They're like, oh. Probably. All over Indianapolis, all over the scouting combine, they're like, yeah, do you hear what they were saying on Jones and Mego? (laughs) Yeah, I heard Arcan say this. That's how it was going at the combine. We're going to talk to Tom Curran as we do each and every Thursday at 3.30. Do you have a thing with Truly, by the way? Good question. I don't know. He said it. He said the same thing to Gresham Fourier earlier this week, or I think it was Fourier and Hart on Tuesday. Drinking a crisp, refreshing, truly (laughs) made with simple (laughs) ingredients and hints of our favorite fruits. My favorite is mango. Only 100 calorie. Right in another episode of Scandal Makers here at Burger King. (laughs) Uh, so we'll talk to Tom Curran as we do. Uh, hey, do each... you guys know the Trulies have no artificial sweeteners? <laughs> each and every week at 3.30 here on WEEI. Same great taste, but less filling. That comes your way uh, less than 10 minutes from now. we got a lot to talk to Tom about at 617-779-7937. Let's go to Stephen in Leverett. Go ahead, Stephen. Hey, great show, guys. It is. Thanks, uh, so so uh, is it make or break here for Bill Belichick? It's a big N-R. No. And if Bob Kraft, okay, decides to fire Bill Belichick, the next morning Jerry Jones will call and hire Bill, and they will win there. So I reject that. But at the same time, I've heard Mike Florio say, well, teams would line up to trade for him, bring him in as their coach. I heard Florio tell that maybe to Curran at the Super Bowl. 
And this is, remember, we played these clips where Florio's like, oh, yeah, Bill might want ownership points in a team and blah, 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 all this stuff. We played that weeks ago. I don't think teams would be lining up to sign a 72-year-old coach, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about also, that. Also, you're just hiring the coach? Or are you going to bring in Bill and there's going to be a GM that's right. above him and you're going to have to you gotta have hire them work together? you got to hire gonna... all his kids. Right. you know, you got to hire all his kids' friends. you got to hire Bill. you got to hire the lacrosse player, uh, Pellegrino. Like, you gotta you got to bring them all with you. So, like, it's not just Bill. So he comes I, with baggage. I don't. Do you think the league? I'm be, here to design the locker room. Do you think the league would be say, line, that guy's carrying this baggage? Do you think the league would be lining up to sign Bill? Uh, I do because we see them Why? largely still do it with his assistants. I well, mean, fair point. His fair assistants point. still in recent history, not this offseason as much, but in recent history, they flame out often at the head coach position. And they still hire more assistants that have worked under him. Sure. So to me, that's a vote of confidence in him. It's a fair counterpoint, and it's a belief in what the Patriots are doing. If Bill lost his job, that's gonna that's gonna take the shine off a little bit, I would hope. And furthermore, it isn't the trend? And look, maybe you'd be successful by bucking the trend and finding a market inefficiency. But isn't the trend hiring young, offensive? Assistants, guys who work with quarterbacks and understand offense yep. in today's NFL. That's yeah, not guys, Bill. guys who have a system or were yeah. came up through a specific system that's so, really popular right now. Like that's, how many? That's the trend. The opposite many, yeah. of Bill is the trend. How many franchises are trying to get their hands on like a Shanahan McVeigh guy? So I don't know. I mean, maybe the whole league would be. I I, I don't think it would be very smart. I, I don't know. Is the whole NCAA lining up to sign Jim Beheim? <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they should be. Calhoun got another job after UConn eventually. I don't like comparing um, two things that are so different, but since you're using it as a direct yeah. example. Well, they're gruff. They're you, a-holes. I they're, mean, they're, they're both no, in their no, 70s. Well, wouldn't you say that, the NC, that NCAA basketball has changed more dramatically over the last couple decades than NFL football has? Probably, but, but football's like, changed a lot. I mean, with the NIL but, and everything else, and yes. Even, but even before that, even, you know, one and done. the one and done, sure. like it, it's changed so dramatically over the last yeah, decade. Yeah, you used, but like when Bill started out, you used to be able to win with like, you know, Jeff Hostetler. Right. You know, so like that's the school of thought Bill's coming from during his Giants days. Like, and I'm that's, not pushing back against that. I'm just saying, you know, no, the, I, the NCAA basketball is it it's changed completely more. Completely different. I, I completely agree. Although, although Beheim, his only championship was with a one and done, but I, I agree. There's more change in college basketball than there is in the NFL. But, but it's changed a lot on Bill's watch. And I don't, I don't know how much Bill's evolved. If you're hiring him too, you have to have some kind of time frame. You're hiring him to a how many year contract, you know, like right. that's something you have to sit down and talk about. It's 70 years old what's what's realistic there so is bill you're going to commit to a guy all this money in time for two years i mean look people i mean vermeil was coaching i believe into his 70s i mean uh, parcells i want to say his last year he was you know still getting hired and everybody knew it was going to be a short term so maybe a really maybe dallas is a good example by the caller a really desperate team that wants to win now Maybe. why would would jerry jones hire bill belichick he hates not having his thumb over whatever coach is in. But I don't know if you're desperate enough and you know it's only going to be two or three years, maybe. John is in Grafton, I think. Go ahead, John. 
Yeah, I completely agree with Mego. I don't even think it's a realistic conversation to even ponder Bill Belichick leaving. I mean, Kraft left the first star, Brady walk out the door. He's definitely not going to let the second star in Kraft. I mean, who are we going to tune in to watch on Sundays? I mean, you think people are tuning in to watch Bill Belichick, John? If they are, that's that's a. Of course, man. We all want to see what a sweatshirt looks like. We want to see if he has the grumpy face on, the semi grumpy face. Belichick's the only thing they got left over there at Foxborough. Which level of grumpy face is Bill going to have? That yeah, is why I, I have fun in. with that. But so, I mean, there are people that believe that. Like, I don't even think he's joking. There are people that believe that Bill is the star of the team. That's oof. well, I mean, that, that's true, and that's what they're hanging on to, and they're not showing up that's every year. That's how my dad watches it. To okay, look at Bill, lie. to look no, at Bill my Belichick. Dad, my dad every comment is about Bill. But that's that literally is like that's college sports. I mean, that's that's how yeah. it is. It's like, oh, let me tune in. What's I'm watching for Nick Saban. I'm watching for Mike Krzyzewski or Jim Beheim. Right, but that's because the players are gone after a year, and the right. coach is the only one anybody knows. Bill Belichick, no, no, no. I mean, come on. I'm saying that, that doesn't apply in the NFL. Right. At least it shouldn't, yeah. and that, that really tells you about how much things have fallen here. It's like, oh, I'm watching for Bill. I, I'm definitely not, and I don't think people are. And I think the reason there's no effing buzz around your team which Curran told us weeks ago at the Super Bowl, and not like we didn't know it, we can all feel it. The reason there's no buzz is because your coach is your star, and that sucks. That sucks. And the debate wasn't what would Kraft do, because we know that Kraft, I, well, I think that since he doubled down, or that he'll double down because he did let Tom walk out, and now he's married to Bill. So see it through unless he really screws up this kid yeah. or the next kid. I mean, look, part of me does feel like, all right, Robert, you made your bed. You got to lie in it. You pick Bill, so you got to see it through. On the other hand, I do hate that logic. It's like, oh, well, what's he going to be? He's the, he's the one who's going to move on from Belichick and Brady? Well, yeah, I, firing Bill maybe. This is why I've made the case to trade Bill in the past. It's like, I really don't want to be the guy who loses Bill and Brady for zero. So trading Bill may be the better avenue, but... I don't think that's happening this offseason. I'll get back to your phone call, 617-779-7937. We're joined right now by Tom Curran on the Harbor One Hotline. You can check out his work at NBC Sports Boston. He joins us each and every Thursday at 3.30, and he's brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lapresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tom E. Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, you can become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help business maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran, how are we doing this week? Tremendous. What's going on with you? Well, I know that you're uh, you're feeling pretty good because you were the best non-NBA player at the uh, the shot for a cure the other day, correct? That's how I've heard it worded? Well, that's only because Arkan couldn't get in. He he was tardy. That's right. I, wasn't, I didn't know about he it. Was, I didn't know I could even late. shoot. He was late. It was rough. The day of. He got a pity invite late, and then Arkan blew it off. It was, that's uh, probably all we should talk about that. Event. It was a sad state of affairs. I know Mego doesn't want to dwell on this, but I understand why you're, uh, you're feeling very good, Tom. I want to ask you about something we asked about a few weeks ago at the Super Bowl. The lack of buzz and how the Patriots are 15th out of 30, or however you put it, below the Chicago Bears when it comes to buzz at the Super Bowl. How much do you think that's starting to bother ownership? Because I don't, I don't see a way to get super buzzy this offseason. Free agency stinks. If you're not doing anything at quarterback, I, I don't really understand how you get the buzz. How much does that bother Robert Kraft? I think it has to be somewhat significant in that, look, if you're going to improve your facilities and take upon yourself the ability to continue to have this team be at the vanguard of the sport, you have to generate local interest. You have to generate local sponsorships. You have to sell. 
and the Patriots are still in that boat. I mean, we can watch games from December and see the number of empty seats at Gillette Stadium, the lack of noise and buzz in the stadium. So, yeah, it, it has to be absolutely. And if it wasn't something that the Patriots had at the forefront of their minds, would they have sent out a season ticket holder email that was as really strongly worded as this one that we just saw a month ago was? I would say no, two months ago. So, But I still think you're right. The only way to create it, though, is put the elements in place and win games. And I think that they've taken the biggest stride they possibly can in doing that. Tom, looking at the quarterback contracts that were signed earlier this week, what's the direct implication for Mac Jones's future? And uh, what do you see? How do you see the Patriots playing that out as compared to some of these contracts? You know, there's a little bit of a range at the beginning of the week. It, it started to create a middle class. You know, the Geno Smith deal, the Derek Carr deal, when you scrutinize that, the Daniel Jones deal, they're all in the low 30s. I mean, as the salary cap and the money coming in from television continues to go up, the salary cap's going to go up. But previously, you're looking at everybody from Kyler Murray, who is an unaccomplished player who was the first overall pick, to Deshaun Watson, um, to Josh Allen. Everyone's 43 to 46 with almost $200 million guaranteed was going to become in vogue. The fact that you got four and 150 for Daniel Jones and his tepid production so far in his career, you could at least look at it and say, well, at least somebody slots in a reasonable spot that isn't really $40 million a year. So that to me, I don't know if that's encouraging for the Patriots to think about going from 4 million to upwards of 35 million for Mac Jones, but that's going to be the going rate. Tommy, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week, you told Gresham Fourier that the Patriots, if they had to have a motto for their offseason, it would be that they pretty much have what they need and that they're not going to make any big sort of splashes. Is that still the case, do you think? Is that still something you would uh, you would report if you, if you were asked? I just – what Jones said at the start is apt. What can you do? I mean, you have – Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne both making pretty decent money wide receiver. Well, that's not really yeah. the question, like, what can you do? It's like, is that what they feel about their own roster, I guess, is more my question. I would presume so. I mean, you've pay- what I'm getting at is you've already paid a crap ton of guys. So you like these players. If you agree that they were held back by the coaching decisions and the way you manage 2022, you say, okay, well, We'll run it back with these guys that are coaching offense. They have to feel pretty good about their defensive output last year. So to me, I just don't see it in terms of where's the yawning need on the team that makes them go, we have to go bananas in free agency. I mean, I, I personally would hope wide receiver, but I don't know that they feel that way. I don't think so either. I mean, they've always been, what is that thing that they used to say on the other radio station? Would you rather fight? 50 tiny ducks or one giant one? Yes, 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 exactly. That yeah. was a wiggy thing. I they think. want the 50 tiny ducks. Yeah. yeah, they like the 50 tiny ducks. Which I do, you know, I, I feel 50, 50 tiny ducks would be difficult to agree with. I can't really argue with that logic. He's Tommy Curran, NBC Sports boss. And I'm sorry, Tom, keep going. That's okay. Somebody's going to peck you when you get 50. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom, I want to play you a, a, a clip. This is from Chris Curtis on the Greg Hill Show this morning. 
and I want your reaction to uh, to to this report on Bill O'Brien and the the time frame of his hiring. According to the people I've spoken to in Indianapolis, Bill Belichick hired Bill O'Brien as early as November and as late as December in the second half of this Patriots season. Wow. He was hired before the season concluded to replace Patricia as the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Okay, so I, I like hired maybe is, feels a, a touch strong, but like could there have been some sort of wink and nod backroom agreement between the two Bills in season last year? Because that to me personally, and I don't know anything, that to me sounds plausible. Uh, doesn't sound plausible to me in that you're talking not about some guy who's the offensive coordinator at Slippery Rock. You're talking about somebody who's involved with Saban. And Saban and Belichick have compared notes via NFL films about rating staffs. So I would imagine that as the season's going on, Belichick's not going to be rigging up Nick Saban and or going back to O'Brien to get him to agree to a contract. Well, so here's the and, only thing that may, may have changed in my mind. When was that Saban-Belichick thing? Like, were the Patriots coming off a Super Bowl? Like, Bill feels a little more more desperate now. Maybe his view on that is, has changed. But again, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to bark up the wrong tree. I just wonder if you're desperate, maybe would you bend that rule? I don't think he was desperate. You know, indications I've gotten is that Belichick was somewhat encouraged by the way things were going toward the end of the year. And really, Robert Kraft made sure that Bill O'Brien was going to be brought in. So, no, I don't agree that there was an agreement in place. And honestly, in my exchanges with people very, very close to the situation, O'Brien was very much in the dark as to what the Patriots' intentions were. And that was into the offseason. So I don't find it plausible. Uh, Tommy, we were just talking about some notes that came out from a former scout about how Bill how Bill Belichick used to evaluate quarterbacks back when he was with the Cleveland Browns. We're talking mid-90s. And mm-hmm. how much that may have evolved. He obviously has a pocket passer now who he drafted. Do you feel like he's evolved very much from the focus on accuracy and maybe not so much arm strength and not so much mobility and would you do you think he has a need to evolve? I guess beyond some of the characteristics that your buddy Phil Perry calls the prototypical uh, Patriot quarterback. Yeah, I think that was Daniel Jeremiah who yes, shared those exactly. And it was toughness was one of the number one things. Now I think Mac Jones has shown physical toughness. I know that he twisted his ankle and his reaction was over the top. However, he has taken some really serious punishment over the course of time since he's been here, that reaction notwithstanding, and gotten up and continued to play. So to me, he has shown toughness. He has shown accuracy. I think Bill is now looking at an NFL, though, in which the ability to restart a play after it breaks down is much more prevalent than it was in 1995. So as Bill watches, for instance, Cam Newton in the mid-2010s shred his team, or Lamar Jackson now run wild against his team, or Pat Mahomes roll to the sideline with an arm flick, or Josh Allen. We can go on and on. That reality is present now in so many quarterbacks that I think there has to be an evolution. But we wouldn't know that unless Justin Fields and Mac Jones were both sitting on the board at 15, and they weren't. Wouldn't that have been fascinating to find out? Tommy, you just mentioned Lamar Jackson. Any value in kicking the tires on him for the Patriots? I don't think so because you're going to have a guy who's going to come in and command 
uh, or at least ask for a fully guaranteed contract that's going to be over $200 million just based on the 230 that Deshaun Watson, who's kind of a deviant, got. So if you're looking at what you're going to have to spend in draft capital for a team that still needs to build through the draft, what you're going to have to spend against your cap when you have a guy still who's $4 million as opposed to $44 million, I just don't think it makes sense. And, he's, you know, the other thing with Lamar Jackson is he's played 12 games each of the past two years, and he's not, as time goes on, probably going to get more durable. So to me, I, I understand, you know, why people are enamored with the idea of having him, but I, I, I wouldn't kick the tires on him if I were the Patriots. One more quickly here, Tom, before we let you go, and this is my mistake for not asking this earlier. We played a clip from you in your Patriots Talk podcast with Phil Perry yesterday where you gave it a, uh, well, not only a 5% chance that Brady could return this year, less than 5%, but also leaving the door open that he could return next year. Uh, What's your understanding on Brady and a potential return? It goes back to the idea of I'll quit when I suck. And did he suck this year? No. No. He led the league in yards. He led the league in attempts. He's still got plenty in the arm. And even at 46, will he be, or 47? I don't see it going away. Nor do I see his enjoyment of competition going away. I really believe, while there might be a lot of teams that go, not with a 47-year-old, no thank you. I think if Brady's life is in order in a way that he is comfortable with, and say, for instance, again, for the sake of argument, the Miami Dolphins don't pick up and extend to a tongue of Iloa and pick up his 50-year option. Well, then he's a free agent next year in Miami. And Miami could be looking for a quarterback. And if Tom Brady has roots there, it would probably be an easier move for him after a year off than it might be now where it would look like the same Hamlet act of, oh, do I want to quit? Do I not want to quit? Here I come. I come back. I think next year might have I would put it higher than 5% likelihood that it would be more amenable to him then. Okay. Well, he's Tommy Curran. Yes, it does. It does make sense. I like that you left the door open for this coming year. I like that the door is still a little open. Less than 4.99999, as I like to put it, is less than 5%. So I like that the door is open for this year. Very good. (laughs) Very good. All right. He's Tommy Curran. We'll talk to him uh, next week as we do each and every Thursday here on WEEI. Thanks, Tom. All right, guys. See ya. All right, Tommy Curran. As all our guests joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. He only put it a little higher for 2024. I'm a little disappointed in that, but he thinks, uh, look, it uh, depends on what the Dolphins are doing. If the Dolphins have a vacancy, Brady's interested. That That's me reading the tea leaves on what he's saying. If there's an opening in Miami, Brady's willing to come back, whenever that might be. Nothing on the Niners, though. He it doesn't no, sound like it, right? Not even a mention. But maybe, not even a mention. maybe it's because he wanted to go there a few years ago and the Niners weren't interested, and he says, screw them. Maybe. I don't know. 617-779-7937. We'll get back to your feedback, and we have our triple play next. Jones and Mego return after this on WEEI. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play! The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. With Jones and Mego. Triples is best. Triples is best. All right, it's time for the triple play. It's Thursday, which means it's a report card Thursday. So pull out those red pens and let's give some grades. We'll start with grade number one. 
number one. Uh, the Red Sox, I think, are about to, if they haven't finished already, are about to finish beating up on the Yankees 11-3, to moving to 9-0. and They don't uh, lose. On the spring, they beat Puerto Rico in a game that didn't even count yesterday. Uh, so let's go ahead and grade the Red Sox starting rotation of Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, Whitlock, Hauk, and then for the fifth, we'll go Bayo, Pavetta, Paxton as sort of your, uh, your three at the end there. Grade that rotation, Jones. I mean, I want to give it an F, but I'll, I'll go D. They're undefeated. I'll go D. It's a hor- It's a horrible rotation. It just is. Whitlock isn't going to start the year on time, right? It doesn't sound like. Sale, who knows? He could ride his bike down the street and be out for two months. Kluber, same deal. Like, I don't know. Tanner Houck, fine. I guess I like him better in the bullpen than in the rotation. And then you get to Pavetta, who's an innings eater. Paxton, who's already hurt. Bayo, who it sounds like they dodged a bullet but is hurt. Like, no. I mean, if, if you want to not go full negative doom and gloom, which is my inclination to do it, I'll give them a little benefit of the doubt because they have had a good spring training. And if you ever could keep everybody healthy, fine. I acknowledge there's some talent in that rotation, but they're pretty much all already hurt, right? Like Whitlock, Bayo, Paxton, all hurt. Sale and Kluber could get hurt tomorrow. I like Hauk better in the bullpen. D. And that's probably being, I think, a little too positive, a little too over the top and flowery. Well, thank you for resisting the urge to go against your natural thank inclinations. You. I am fighting full it. doom and gloom and giving a D. I give it a C. Uh, Hauk is, was supposed to look really good the other day. Then again, it's spring training, so I don't know how much I put stock, stock in you, it. You put more stock into it than I do. He had a couple of bad starts at first, but yeah. Yeah, and Bayo seemingly has dodged a bullet, as you said, with the forearm strain and pain and whatever it was. I just don't think you have a true ace because, to the point, Chris Sale has been injured the last two years. So I'm not going to say it's hopeless for him. He threw 96 at the beginning of the week, and everybody's, you know, doing backflips. I would like to be optimistic, but I just got to stay middle of the road here because if, the injury concerns are so high. If Sale is healthy, he's an ace. Yeah, well, I know. No, no, but no, I'm, I'm just saying you don't. I don't count you as having one right now well, because I, that's become such a big if. But I don't know if everybody agrees with that. I agree with that. You yeah. agree with that. I don't know that everybody agrees with that. I'm not like, sure he's still an ace. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We haven't seen him in a while, so I don't know that everybody agrees with it. I, I do still feel that way. I've seen pitchers miss a lot of time before and come back. I mean, look, I hated John Lackey. John Lackey missed a crap ton of time and came back and was balls for you in the playoffs. So if Lackey can do it, I think Sale can. I know they have different builds. But I, I do agree, if Sale's healthy, he's still an ace. I just I can't possibly Imagine he's going to make it through the year healthy. All right, grade number two. Number two. If Aaron Rodgers joins Gang Green, the New York Jets, let's give a grade to that Jets roster with Aaron Rodgers. Mego. I'm giving it an A minus. Assuming that Aaron Rodgers is 2021 Aaron Rodgers and not 2022 Aaron Rodgers, and assuming that Brees Hall is completely back to who he was before injury and is healthy again. Um, Garrett Wilson is a little stud. Sauce Gardner is a little stud. That is a roster that has a good defense, and people like to compare to the Patriots roster, but they actually have really elite talent on both sides of that roster if everyone's healthy and if they're themselves, which, again, big ifs, but I give it an A- minus with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, A+. Plus. I already told. I, I think they can win a Super Bowl if they have Aaron Rodgers on the roster. That roster, and I've said this before, too, a few weeks ago, when I said the Jets are going to win a Super Bowl before the Patriots win another. And I was scoffed at, laughed at, hot take, Jones. You think the Jets are, they don't have a quarterback, Jones. Well, they're getting close with Aaron Rodgers. Not a done deal. They can still Jets it up, as we've been saying all week. They are the Jets after all. 
if they get their quarterback, their roster reminds me of Buffalo before Josh Allen made the leap. And I used to look at that Buffalo roster and say, they're a quarterback away. They have everything. Well, then they had to go get Stephon Diggs, and they still haven't won. No, but I'm saying that when they got him... They dominate the Patriots. And they have not won a Super Bowl yet, true. But I look at them and I go, they're going to be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out. Kind of how what Joe Burrow said uh, this offseason, we're a contender for as long as I'm here. That's how I feel about Buffalo. I used to look at them and say, after they got Diggs, they have everything, but they need the quarterback. I I wasn't a big believer in Josh Allen. Then he made a leap. If the Jets plug in Aaron Rodgers, A plus, they have everything. That roster has everything. They don't have everything. They need some offensive line. Their you offensive can, line sucks. You can solve offensive line, no problem. The the Bengals did it last off season. You can solve the offensive line. Good. Easy. Can you tell the Patriots how to do it? Yeah. Right. Can yeah. you call up Adrian Clem then and tell him how easy it is? Yeah. I mean, they generally do. Last year it was not done, admittedly, but generally they solve the offensive line because it's not that hard to solve. It's just a bunch of big guys all blocking on the same page and signing some talent or drafting some talent. Shouldn't be that hard as long as you draft first-round players, Bill Belichick, and not fourth-round players in the first round like Cole Strange. they got to find someone rich to talk to Isaiah Wynn, too. You'd probably have a better <laughs> yeah. uh, plan on that. I did you see have it. to have at least five mil. I did see his tweets. I eight generations of wealth in order to get FaceTime. A-plus roster. All right. Jets. That is a hell of a tweet by Isaiah Wynn today, too. All right, let's go to our third grade of the day. Number three. All right, so Fred Van Vliet was uh, asked about the refereeing in the latest Raptors guy. I forget who they played, um, but uh, Fred Van Vliet afterwards had some stinging words for a couple of the officials, in particular one. Let's listen to a little bit of it, and then let's grade Fred Van Vliet's rant like against this. the officials. Definitely in the third quarter there. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was f***ing terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, couple other you know out of the three there's one or two that just f- the game up you know and it's, it's it's been like that a couple couple games in a row um denver was tough obviously you come out tonight you're competing pretty hard the third quarter i get a bullshit tech changes the whole dynamic of the game changes the whole flow of the game and um you know most of the refs are trying hard i like a lot of the refs are trying hard they're pretty fair they communicate well and then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and um just kind of the game up nobody's coming to see that shit. They come to see the players, and um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was, and um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating, so at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal, and um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed, um, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Raptors lost to the Clippers last night, by the way, 108-100. Grade that rant. Okay, let's grade it quick. I, I love the cursing. It sounds like the Tom Curran Patriots Talk podcast <laughs> with all the cursing on there. Ben but, Taylor was f***ing terrible tonight. But I hate crying about the refs. F. It's not the, it's not the refs' fault you lost, Fred. And I know he said that in his answer. F. Okay. Uh, I give it a D plus. I found it. I found it very annoying to complain about the refs, but then again, the refs have thrown an elbow into the league once or twice before uh, in recent memory. So I'm it's not going to say that they don't have anything to apologize for in this specific incident. It's like, ugh. when you lose, don't talk about the refs. When you win and it's ugly, you can talk about the refs. But yeah, I'm on your side here, Jones. Wow, you guys are tough. I give it an A. I, I thought mean, it was great. It I was, thought it was funny. It was articulate. It was blue. It was great. Everything was good. I it was entertaining. Yeah. Well, I thought the cursing. I, uh, personally, <laughs> I, I was clutching my pearls with all the cursing. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We'll get to all your feedback coming up. That's our triple play. We do that each and every day at this time. Uh, I want to react to more of what Tom Curran told us earlier this hour. We'll do that next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.